0: To listen ad-free and to get a shout-out on the show, you can now upgrade to Koala Shine Plus via the link in the show notes. But before we get started on today's episode, I've got a quick word from our friends and trusted sponsors who help make our free stories possible. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionised over 20 million bedtimes with parents like you calling it life changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Koala Shine! Hey Koala Kids, and welcome back to Koala Shine! I'm Kelly, and I'll be reading you daytime stories and giving you facts and ideas that will have you cracking puzzles and solving mysteries in no time. Hey, if you've been enjoying these adventures so far, please leave us a review. It really helps more people find us. And if you leave your name, I'll even shout you out on the pod. Ah, so how are we all on this fine day? I, for one, am feeling comfy and cosy. In fact, I don't really fancy traveling too far today. How about we just see what that kid down the road is up to? He's had a massive grin on his face for weeks, and I have a feeling something unusual is about to happen to him. Should we go knock on his door? Come on then, koala kids. Let's go. Obi was beyond excited. I mean, really, beyond excited. It's sort of obvious to everyone who looks at him but he'd spent an entire week telling everyone he's excited, just in case they missed it somehow. Miss Peach, Miss Peach, I'm so excited, he announced on Monday morning at school. Obi stretched his arm as high as he could, waving it around so she couldn't possibly miss him and was so excited he didn't even wait for her to call his name. Oh, hello, Bill, I'm so excited, he informed the bus driver who picked him up from school. It was Thursday and Bill smiled patiently. Yes, obi, I know. That's the eighth time you've told me this week, Bill said with a wink. Just two more times to tell you then, grinned Obi as he hopped, skipped and jumped his way to the back of the bus. On Friday, he announced his excitement to the old lady waiting at the bus stop, the dinner lady who served him his lunch, the coach of his soccer team, the squirrel that ran out onto the field in the middle of soccer practice, and anyone who could hear him as he stood in his treehouse back at home and called out as loudly as he could, I'm so excited. Obi's parents were, truth be told, pretty excited too. Only they kept it inside a bit more, the way grown-ups can sometimes. They'd sent Obi to bed on Friday evening and told him to get some sleep for the big day tomorrow. Only he'd of course been far too excited to sleep. It would be happening in just 12 hours. His life would change the next morning, and that made it pretty impossible to sleep. But he did sleep, eventually. And Saturday morning was one of those gorgeous, glorious, sunshiny mornings that are just designed for life-changing moments. The first thing Obi saw when he came down to the kitchen for breakfast was the big basket that had been left at the bottom of the stairs. Obi grinned. The next thing Obi saw as he entered the kitchen was a brand new pair of bowls sitting on a mat next to the fridge. Obi did a little jig, and as the three of them left the house and headed towards the car, Obi saw his dad pick up a long loop of woven rope that had been hanging on the pegs by the door. Obi was ready. The house was ready. He leapt into the back of the car and for the last time shouted a final, I'm so excited as they pulled out of the driveway. The Animal Rescue Center, called Paws, Claws, and Puppy Dog Snores, was about an hour away. The drive took forever. forever. <sighs> Obi looked out the window and saw the park, imagining himself rushing around that very afternoon with his new best friend. He saw the ice cream shop and immediately started picturing himself sitting outside, licking a huge ice cream with his new best friend sneaking a lick here and there. Obi had no idea what this new best friend would look like, but it would be a dog. And a dog, he knew, would make everything amazing. They were the first family to arrive that Saturday morning into the small parking lot of paws, claws, and puppy dog snores. Obi rushed to the front as his parents pretended as hard as they could that they weren't equally as excited. Inside the center, it was chaos. Dogs barked and howled. Cats meowed and purred. And everywhere, tails wagged against bars and animals leapt and paraded and posed. Obi went to each and every cage and kennel, calling the dogs forward and looking at their smiles and shining eyes and wagging tails. There were big dogs, small dogs, neat dogs, scruffy dogs, brown dogs, white dogs, multicoloured, I'm not quite sure dogs. Obi loved each and every dog he saw, and would quite happily have taken all of them home if he had the chance. In the final kennel was a dog that sat right at the very back and stayed on his mat. He wasn't particularly big or small, or neat or scruffy, and he was a sort of grayish, brownish, blackish color, depending on where the light shone. Obi waved at him, and the dog thumped his tail, once, upon the mat. What do you think of this one? he asked his parents. They peered into the back of the kennel. Oh, he looks like a nice sort of dog, his mother said. Shall we see if he likes to play? She pulled a ball from her purse. The dog sat up. He licked his lips. He thumped his tail once, twice. Obi took the ball and tossed it high into the air and the dog leapt up like a ballerina grabbing the ball into his jaws while he was still a good two feet off the ground. Obi hollered and shouted and cheered the dog. Wow, he thought, what a dog to have. Can we have him, please? Which is how, a few hours later, Obi found himself in the back of the car, leaning over the back seat to see into the trunk and look at the dog curled up tight in his crate. Obi spent the hour of the drive home testing out different names on the dog. Rollo? No. Uh, bingo. <sighs> no. Um, Spot? No, wait. Oh, you don't have any spots on you. Uh, flint? Gravy? Woody? Oh, no, no, no. But it was as they were pulling into the driveway that Obi hit on the perfect name. Goose. You look like you could be called Goose. As they opened the door of the crate, the dog jumped out and Obi gave him a huge cheer. Welcome home, Goose, he announced. The dog looked at him, wagged his tail a few times, and then waited. He didn't seem sure of what to do at all. Obi went and stood in the doorway. Come here, Goose, come here. The dog looked at him, but stayed in his place next to the car. He looked at Obi's parents who shrugged their shoulders. They tried too. Come here, Goose, come on, boy. They called from the doorway. But Goose, as he would be known now forevermore, stood his ground. Obi scratched his head. Maybe Goose wanted to play with the ball some more. He took the ball and threw it high into the air. And once more, Goose leapt up like a ballet dancer and caught it. Snap in his jaws. Bring it here, boy. Bring it here, Goose, called Obi. Goose stayed where he was, ball in mouth, panting and smiling and so it went on like this for quite some time. Obi and his parents taking it in turns to ask Goose to do something, and Goose smiling happily enough and thumping his tail on the ground, but largely staying where he'd been let out, next to the car. The only way they could get him to come into the house when it started to get dark was by picking him up and carrying him. Goose had squirmed around a bit in Obi's arms, but eventually he let himself be taken into the house. Obi filled Goose's bowl with food and pointed to it. Eat, he said. Come on, Goose, eat something. You must be hungry. Goose sat rooted to the spot. In despair, just before paws, claws and puppy dog snores was due to close that day, Obi's mother made a call. Oh, Obi heard her say. I see. Yes, that explains it. No, thanks for letting us know. Sure, we'll give you an update tomorrow. I'm sure it'll all be fine. Yes, we'll try that too. Thanks a lot. So, she said, turning to Obi, it seems Goose is a foreign dog. They've no idea where he came from. A lady dropped him off a few months ago, explaining in pretty broken English that she couldn't have him anymore, and left him. Our Paws and Claws heroes reckon Goose just doesn't understand us. But I can't speak another language wailed Obi. He looked across at Goose. Where are you from, boy? Where? Goose laid down and put his head on his paws, waiting. So then mum, dad and Obi decided to get on the internet and look up some foreign dictionaries. That would be a good idea. Let's try German, said Obi. He looked at the screen, screwed up his eyes at the complicated words and pointed at Goose. Come here, he announced. Goose stayed put. What's that mean? His mother asked. Come here, said Obi. Essen, uh, he tried, pointing at the food bowl. Eat, he explained to his mother. But Goose stayed put. vene uh, ici, tried Obi. Goose clearly wasn't French. Ven Goose didn't move. He wasn't Spanish either. Vena aki. Nope, he wasn't Portuguese, nor was he Brazilian, come to that. Heleme, he tried, but Goose clearly wasn't Hawaiian. Nothing was working. Obi looked at a map of the world and gulped. There were a lot of countries, and that meant there must be a lot of languages. This could take forever. Just as Obi was feeling totally fed up, Goose stretched and stood up. Obi and his parents sat and watched, and watched as Goose trotted into the front room and came back with one red cushion and one yellow cushion. He looked meaningfully at them and then at Obi. What does it mean? asked Obi. Goose nudged the cushions forwards with his nose, wagging his tail and barking. Is there a language called cushion? Obi asked in desperation. The dog seemed to sigh. He sagged a bit. Then he perked up again. He disappeared into the music room and came back with two drumsticks. He dropped them on the floor next to the cushions and gave them the same meaningful look. Cushions and drumsticks? Obi was completely lost now. What are you trying to tell me, boy? What does it all mean, Goose? The dog sagged a little again. He looked around, as if searching for another idea. Then suddenly his eyes lit up. He rushed over to the front door and started barking at it. Obi went and opened the door, and Goose headed out into the garden, returning with a stone in his mouth that he carefully placed on the doorstep before going away again. He did this time and time again, slowly piling the stones together. With each stone, he gave a meaningful look, and Obi knew the dog was trying to tell him something. He just had no idea what. Well, knock me down with a feather. I think I've got it, Obi's father said at last. Obi gaped. Really? You know what cushions and drumsticks and a pile of stone means? I think so, said Obi's father. Let me test. He went into the house and came back a few minutes later carrying one of Obi's favourite soft toys. It was his bright red dragon that he'd had for years. When Goose came back with another stone, Obi patted him on the shoulder and showed him the red dragon. Goose leapt into the air and then rushed around and around in tiny circles. They had understood at last. Obi's father cleared his throat. <coughs> Zuo, he said uncertainly. Goose immediately sat. Um, Tang, he said. Goose lay down. What language is that? Obi said, amazed at the magic trick his father seemed to be performing. His father held up a finger, telling Obi to wait a moment, while he tapped away at his phone to get the final instruction. Guolai, he called softly, and Goose leapt up, rushing over to them both and smothering them in licks and slobber. Goose, said Obi's father proudly, is a Chinese dog. Oh, well done, darling, said Obi's mother, giving him a kiss on the cheek. But how did you work that out? We have a very smart dog on our hands, his father said. The red and yellow are the colours of the Chinese flag. The drumsticks are chopsticks. And the stones, Obi interrupted him here, are the Great Wall of China. Exactly. Obi tapped away at the phone and translated something else. He took the ball and just before he threw it far into the garden, he looked at Goose and called out, "Nale!" Goose shot off after the ball and came dashing back, dropping the ball at Obi's feet and begging him with his eyes to do it again. And that is the story of why, if you go to a tiny town in the middle of nowhere in England, you'll see a boy called Obi running around with a dog that isn't big or small or brown or gray or black or anything in particular, really, giving him instructions in Chinese. Obi's father likes to brag that he was the smart one who figured out the riddle, but everyone really knows it was Goose all along. Goose understood that they didn't have any idea where he came from, so he'd brought all of the clues and shown them the way. Dogs, you know, are super smart like that. Dogs are always trying to tell us stuff, only most of the time we're too busy or stubborn or disinterested to pay attention. The smartest thing about dogs, though? Well, they know cats are even smarter. What do you think your dog could say if they could talk? Or your cat? Or the squirrels in the garden? Let us know on Instagram or via the link in the show notes. Oh, and while you're there, why not leave us a joke, too? Here's a few left by a joker named Connie. Why did the baker have brown hands? I don't know. Because he needed a poo. Uh, what did the cheese say to the mirror? Halloumi. And what do you get if you cross a pig with a dinosaur? Jurassic pork. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, those are brilliant jokes, Connie. Thank you so much for sending them in. I love them all, especially the cheese one. Halloumi. (laughs) Also my favorite type of cheese. All right, that's it for today, koala kids. Thanks so much for joining me. And until next time, keep on shining. i